and the worst part is, I mean, if someone says something to you, you try to turn to the ref and say, look, man, he, like this guy just said this, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. Like that he can't, he's not, what's he going to do? Is he going to give him a penalty? He didn't hear it. Like they just, it was our, our, you know, our claim was unfound. Hey podcast. I know it's been a while since I've posted, but I hope uh, everyone is staying healthy and staying safe during these challenging times. The next few episodes will be centered around the Black Lives Matter movement and the need for people like you and me to speak out against racial injustices that face the Black community and people of color. I have spoken to current and former Western University student-athletes to make sure their voices are heard by all of you and that these issues can be understood better in hopes that more people can be educated on racial injustice. Today's episode, I speak with Western men's hockey players Theo Lewis and Cordell James as they discuss their thoughts and experiences with racism in hockey, a predominantly white sport with a culture of silence. Please listen and educate yourself along the way. It's very much appreciated. All love to all of you sports fans. Can you kind of reflect on uh, the emotions that you've been feeling the last couple of weeks, especially after uh, the death of George Floyd? Cordell, you want to start on that? Yeah, I start on it. Yeah, no. Uh, the last couple of weeks, it's been uh, it's been sad, like sad, and just kind of a hurt feeling. Um, the fact that another black life um, uh, has been taken from police brutality it's it's something that you hate seeing and. Um, it really hits close to home. Um, I know I'm not feeling too great about it. My family members aren't feeling great about it. So um, it's something you hate to see, but all the protests that have been going on, it, it's great to see that. Um, but it just sucks that it's another black life that has to go for some change to happen and for um, the protests to go on. So um, hopefully something good will come of this in the coming months and years. And uh, we move forward from this and and end the racism. Yeah, <clears throat> as Cordell said, I mean, a lot's been felt. I was, I didn't really know how to feel in the beginning. I was definitely hurt and and upset and quite angered as well. Um, I will admit, I had to take a break from social media last week just to, like, I I got tired of seeing, you know, the, so all the violence that was taking place and it, it was really difficult to see. So I just took some time and I really needed that to collect my thoughts and so on. And just, you know, kind of reach out, talking to my uh, friends, family and, and kind of gauge their thoughts to just, you know, make sure that everyone else was okay, that everyone else was feeling the same emotions that I was. And, um, you know, we started to see uh, a lot of the people sharing social media uh, posts about all the violence that was taking place. And that was the really difficult part for me, but that slowly changed into seeing a lot of positive, seeing peaceful protests, seeing people unite and, you know, blackout Tuesday is a great example of, you know, showing that people are actually willing to move forward with this movement. And uh, you know, that's what's given me a, a, you know, some optimism and during this time uh, I think that we're moving in the right direction and uh you know, I'm, I'm, as Cordell said, it's going to take some time. It's going to take weeks. It's going to take years, but that change is going to be felt soon. And I really think that this time we actually have a chance to really progress life for African-Americans, for the black community. Now, racism in hockey, especially is uh, not a new 
issue. Uh, growing up, what is your experience with racism in the sport and what kind or what kinds of stories have you heard from around the leagues that you've been in? Um, <clears throat> it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that was difficult. I mean, not a lot of people expect to see, you know, a black guy playing hockey and, you know, for both of us, Cordell and I grew up playing against each other and we were always the token black guy on our team. Um, that comes with, you know, eh, some good, some bad. I mean, you're easily re recognizable for the other team. Um, but sometimes that puts a target on your back. You know, people recognize if you're better than them, they try to do whatever they can to kind of take you out. And that could be in practice, that could be in games. Um, you know, you start to see some of the comments come out, you know, in any sport, there's, there's a lot of dialogue back and forth between, you know, competitors, but it's when it comes with a discriminatory nature, that's when it really becomes an issue and really hurts. And the worst part is, I mean, if someone says something to you, you try to turn to the ref and say, look, man, he, like this guy just said this, it doesn't, it doesn't go anywhere. Like that he can't, he's not, what's he going to do? Is he going to give him a penalty? He didn't hear it. Like they just, it was our, our, you know, our claim was unfound and we could never really change that. Um, you know, in my experiences, I've had, um, you know, road trips where I would always take my pregame nap and I'd wake up and I'd have a banana on me. Never would find out who did it, but that was the case. And that was as a rookie that was, you know, second, third year, like it, it, it would happen. And that is something that you, you kind of just have to swallow your pride because all of a sudden you're going to lose teammates and, if you let that affect your play, then, you know, you get traded, you get dropped down, like you're in a competitive environment. It's people are going to do whatever they can to knock you down. And that's, what's really, that's, what's really been a difficult experience for us. Cordell, I'll let you talk on this a bit as well. So before we kind of get into another point. Yeah, no, definitely touching on what Theo said, where like you, you might hear some remarks throughout a game and say something to a referee and it, your, your response kind of goes unheard because, like he said, the the refs don't hear what you're what's being said, so they can't punish whoever said that. So um, that's something that I, I never had that happen to me during hockey. But when I was younger, playing soccer, um, on a couple accounts, um, I was called the N word, and um, same thing happened. Um, told the ref, but no repercussions for that person because um, they never heard that, and it it just kind of sucks that. I mean, sometimes but people don't believe what, what you're going through because they, they don't see it from your end. And um, I, I think that's the biggest thing is um, we need people on our side to help us out sometimes because in, in the hockey setting, like Theo said, where there's not black players are few and far between. Um, so it's, it's usually one or two guys on a team, if that. So it, it there's definitely a, a, a different culture for us, but um it's something that I think it's getting better, but it has far to go. I mean, if you see the NHL, all the stuff that's happened um, the past year with um, Akeem Aliu coming out saying that he faced racism when he was coming up through pro um, and he thinks that affected his career. Um, I think that can be said for a lot of black players. Um, it, it's a lot harder for them to break through in hockey because of um, the white culture that it, it is and, a predominantly white sport so it's something that yeah. hopefully it gets better yeah and another thing Alex is like Cornell and I first met actually playing on the same spring hockey team we played for a team called the Black Aces 
and it's exactly what it sounds like. It was a team of all people of color who came together and wanted to prove that, yeah, we may not look like you, but we're just as good as you, if not better. And I think we proved that on a lot of occasions. We definitely had a chip on our shoulders, but when you put a team together like that, it comes with a lot of negatives as well. And, you know, we were very, inclu I, I like to think we were inclusive, like just because we were the black aces didn't, doesn't mean we had, didn't have people from all different cultures on our team. Like if you looked at our team, we were half white too. And, you know, what's crazy is the white guys on our team actually got criticized in that situation. They got criticized by other people being like, oh, how did you end up with all these guys? And like the worst part is, you know, we'd be called, like we're the black aces. People would have different names for us. They called call us the black faces, call us the Negro all-stars. Like that's the kind of negative comments that we would see on a daily basis. And it, it really, where's, where's your thin? And I mean, for us, <clears throat> we just kind of swallowed, like we just brushed the comments under the rug and we said, you know what, you guys can say all you want about us, but the reality is we are going to beat you in this game. You know, that's when our competitive edge took over and that's where we proved everyone wrong and showed that we could play, that we were just as good at hockey as they were and that we could come into their sport that, you know, they claim to be theirs and that we're not supposed to be playing and we could dominate them as well. And I like to think that, you know, over the years, we won a lot of tournaments. We proved a lot of people wrong. So I'm definitely proud of that. Now, Cordell, you mentioned the uh, Akim Aliu situation from uh, when he kind of came out, I think it was last November. Um, what was your reaction uh, to that back then? And does it still kind of happen with coaches uh, in the minor hockey association or even um, U sports especially? Yeah, back when that came out, it was definitely something that hurt um, because it hit, like I said before, it hits close to home being, being a player of color and trying to make it pro. Um, seeing something like that, happen and having Akeem go through that it's it's tough to see because that that could be me um in a few years and seeing that happen it, it sucks knowing that there's the possibility that it's going to be harder for myself or Theo or who, whatever other person of color is trying to make it pro um because um that racism does exist so I, I know that this stuff happened a couple years back I, I think it still does exist though and I know the NHL has been trying to do its job to to get rid of that kind of stuff, but um, I think it, it needs to keep on going. They need to keep building off of um, Akeem coming out and just helping the uh, players of color um, grow, help grow the sport. So, um, yeah. yeah. I think the, the other thing with that is, like, I've read a lot of people's comments, responses to, um, you know, what, some of the stories he shared of his experiences. And people are like, oh, why is this guy trying to ruin the league? Why is he like he was never gonna good enough to make it anyways? And now he's just trying to, you know, get his name out there, get his claim to fame by like, you know, tearing down the NHL, the league, and some of these players that he played with, like trying to discredit them. That's not at all what he was trying to do. He was just trying to share his experiences and you know, bring awareness to the discrimination and the oppression that he faced as a player. He was a hockey player like anyone else, and he just happened to be of color. And because of that, he had guys dressing up for him, as him for Halloween. Like, that's, that's unacceptable. And that's the kind of behavior that we're trying to get rid of. That's the kind of behavior that we're trying to uh, move away from and make everyone aware that, yeah, your subtle comments, your subtle actions, you may not recognize them. But, yeah, 
they're they're microaggressions and we don't appreciate them they really do impact you and they really do impact your career having to worry about not feeling safe in the dressing room because uh you know of a hazing event that happened you know the night or the week before uh you know not being able to kind of get along with your teammates because of the hatred that you feel from them because of your skin color that's unacceptable and and that can really definitely have a huge impact on your your playing ability and that's ultimately what decides your career now looking way way back um do you think we've come a long way in hockey after willie o'ree became the uh first black nhl player in 1958 or has it been a much slower progression than you would hope for I'd say we've we've come a long ways. I mean, I've I've seen a lot of black hockey players in the league, and you know, I look up to them. I was like, hey, you know, this is someone that looks like me. I look up to them. I think the big one for me was Jerome Ginla. Um, you know, seeing a a guy that's of color and he's leading the team. He's the captain of a team, and he is one of the you know most prestigious players in the Calgary Flames organization like he he was the man and you know I really looked up to him I modeled my game after him and it showed that not only could he be uh, you know a successful player in the NHL but he could also be a leader of a team and that's what was really cool for me um, you know even after that I I always wanted to be a goalie as well and I used to look at Kevin Weeks, Ray Emery like those are guys that I loved because they just they had a different you know swagger to them a different persona and I, I really like the way they carried themselves and you know what because they didn't look like everyone else they really stood out to me and I thought you know I'm in the same situation these are the people that I idolize so I definitely think there's a lot of guys that you know have that same kind of experience and they they idolize the black guys the black players before them that's really great to see and I hope that really continues I hope that you know we can by getting more you know black players in the league, we can really kind of change that culture and, and have everyone feel like they're going to be included and valued as a, you know, a, a useful member of the team. So. Yeah. Touching on what Theo said too. I, I think that it, it it's come a long way definitely from when Willie O'Ree played and there's been a, a good deal of um, black players that have come into the league since then. And like Theo said, those guys growing up, those guys are my idols too. Like, I, I love watching Jerome McGinley. Uh Ray Emery was a big one for me because he's from around uh, Hamilton, where I'm from. So knowing that um, there there is still an opportunity for, for black players to make to the NHL, those guys really give us hope and, and continue to give us hope. The guys like Wayne Sim Simmons that keep on fighting every day to stay in the NHL. Um, Joel Ward is a great guy. Um, too for that he he came a long way played youth sports hockey and found a way to make it to the NHL so those guys give us hope that there is the possibility to make it pro and um, hopefully it continues to grow and uh, we just keep on moving forward yeah I, I was always kind of a big Ray Emery fan too I got a, his jersey here is behind me oh, right yeah. there uh, with, with, with Marty Broder there too but uh, yeah I always yeah. loved his uh, demeanor I loved his uh, no, no fear, especially when uh, uh, Jason Peters came after him. But uh, yeah, that, those were, those were the, the good old days of the Ottawa Senators. Um, have you seen a big uh, turning point uh, in your careers when you when things started to look up and ho and more hockey players were or uh, are being more educated on injustices that face the black community? 
Do you want to take that one, Theo? Or? I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I, I don't know if I've seen a turning point yet. Um, every time it seems like, you know, we start to see more black players, uh, you know, in minor system, minor hockey systems and junior systems, you know, going into some of the professional ranks, you know, there's always something that happens, an event that happens that really makes us take a step back. Um, I mean, that's really the reality is that you start to see, as you kind of grow, you start to kind of gain a network of, of black players um, of any ages, really. And, you know, you kind of hear some of their stories and you go, oh, wow, I thought you were doing really well in that environment. And then they tell you a story about, you know, something their teammate did or Wayne Simmons, for example, during the NHL lockout, went to play in the KHL in Russia. And, you know, he's just out there trying to be a hockey player like the rest of them, trying to do what everyone else did and go to Europe and play for, uh, you know, continue playing in a season while, you know, the NHL wasn't going. And, you know, he gets a banana thrown at him on the ice. You, you start to make, hear stories about making progress or it's at least perceived that you're making progress. And then the revelations come out and you recognize that, no, we're not actually gaining any momentum here. Um, I think we're doing much better in terms of um, including everyone. And there's a lot of uh, programs that are in place now that um, actually are helping young players kind of get into the, get into the hockey system. I mean, a big thing is hockey equipment's really expensive, right? So when you have, um, you know, some of these families who may not have the, the mean, the financial means to, to get buy hockey equipment, you know, sticks, skates are incredibly expensive now. Um, it, it kind of, that's one of the barriers that you have for seeing black players play hockey. Um, but with some of these programs coming into place, um, like I worked at Canadian Tire, Canadian Tire Jumpstart was really good at giving back to the community and kind of providing equipment so that everyone can have opportunity to play. Um, I think, that allows people to see that they actually like the game, but that's at a young age. And when you get older, that's when you recognize some of the, like some of the hardships that you're going to face by being a player of color. Um, so that's the unfortunate part is as you kind of grow and become more mature, that's when you start to come to the realization that you are kind of, uh, you know, limited to some, to some extent. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, it, it all looks like it's okay on the surface. And like Theo said, it, when you start talking to other black players and you hear their experiences, there's a lot of things that kind of get swept under the rug by um, those players because they, they don't want to come out and they don't want to say something because they think that it might affect their career moving forward. And, and I'm sure that's something that happened with Hakeem Aliou. That's why he's coming out now as opposed to back when it happened several years ago probably because he thought coming out was going to affect um, like his career and his, his playing time. So I, I think that we, we've come, we've moved forward, but there's, there's definitely still barriers out there. Um, but like Theo said, like the, the Canadian tire jumpstart program, that's, that's a good movement forward to help um, players get into the game. And then uh, I know the NHL has the hockey is for everyone campaign. Um, so I just think with more people speaking out about it and, and more NHL organizations and big name faces like Sidney Crosby and Jonathan Taves and those guys talking about it. And I think if they actually move forward and try to make a difference in the communities that they're part of and, and help get black players into the game, I think moving forward, um, we could be on the right track, but people actually have to make a change for that to happen. So we'll see. 
Do you uh, see yourselves as student athletes and hockey players as ambassadors to uh, kind of create that change uh, in the fight against racial justice in your own uh, communities? Yeah, I, I, I definitely, yeah, I like to think so too. Do you want it to? I'll, I'll go after you. No, you go. Yeah, no, I, I, I think uh, being at Western, being varsity athletes there, I think we have a really good platform to speak out and um, let our stories be heard and, and speak out for the black community. Um, it's a privilege to be where we are. And um, I, I think our voices can be heard and we have the resources to um, make changes. So um, I know myself and Theo, we, we'd like to do more than just um, post like an Instagram story to say that we're there. We, we actually want to help make a difference. So I think in the coming weeks, we'll, we'll be trying to come up with something that um, gives back to the black community and um, moving forward, we, we want to help make that difference. So um, we're excited to see where this goes. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think Cordell raised a good point. You know, we definitely are equipped with the proper resources at Western to kind of help us have our voice heard. And I mean, this is, this is one of the ways we appreciate you doing that, you know, uh, you know, Alex, we have a lot of experience with the student athlete community and working with MASK. And I think that's really a great opportunity because it's explored, um, sorry, it's helped me explore, uh, you know, some of the different uh, elements within the university that, you know, I wouldn't really have gained exposure to otherwise. Um, and I think that's helped me gain a lot of um, insight on some, how some of the athletes and other sports are treated and so on. Um, I've made a lot of connections through that. And I think, you know, once again, that's one way that we are being equipped uh, with a with a strong supportive community that we can kind of um, continue to work with moving forward here. Um, as we, as Cordell mentioned, as we kind of roll out our plan to kind of get back to the community and not just the Western community, you know, uh, the city of London and, and surrounding as well. I think um, that's a community that supports us. That's a community that supports Western varsity athletics. And that's something that we'd like to focus on. And, you know, Cordell, I don't know if you noticed too, but sometimes when we finish our games, we have um, sometimes have minor hockey teams come in to watch our games and so on. And I like to think that we are, you know, role models for some of those young players. And, you know, I've seen a few young black hockey players around there and I take pride in that because I carry myself and we Cordell and I both present ourselves in ways that you know demonstrate strong leadership and you know just strong character and I really hope that those players do get a chance to look up to us and, and really see that we have you know made it far and you know we didn't exactly make it to the professional level yet but I think that's uh, we can demonstrate that yeah we can you can you are able to succeed as a hockey player. Now, many, uh, many white NHL players, as well as your teammates, uh, have been speaking out about the recent uh, racial injustices. What do you think their next step is to help uh, their black brothers and sisters against racism in hockey and in uh, general society? Yeah, I think it's a, I think the biggest thing is them taking that first step and coming out of silence and speaking up. I think that, to, to begin with, that's the biggest thing. Um, it, it shows that they're there to support us and that they do care. So I think moving forward, it's just it's doing a little bit more, like giving back to the community, going to these protests. I, I know there's players that have been doing that. I've seen 
Zidane Ochara has been at them, Tyler Sagan. I'm sure the list goes on, but I think it's it's actually doing something that helps. I, speaking out's the first step, but it's going the next level, and and uh, I think I think they've been doing a good job so far, but it's just taking that next step now. Yeah, I think it's going to be con- the continued support. Um, you know, there's no doubt that these guys are played or are paid very well, um, and you know, you've seen guys like PK Subban donate to George Floyd's uh, funeral services and, you know, other professional athletes have done the same thing or similar things. Um, I I think, you know, as Cordell said, the first step is yes, breaking the silence, acknowledging that we do have a a systemic issue that we have to address. Um, The other thing is now you, these players really have to take it upon themselves to educate themselves and know what kind of comments are that they may have been saying in the past would be seen as offside. Um, and I think that's the big thing is that if you do hear that happen in a game or hear that happen in a dressing room, that you are the one to step in and intervene and protect those players because it's, these players shouldn't have to feel alone as if they're the only one that's going to be stepping up. If someone that they were to call out a teammate for saying, you know, to, for making a microaggressive comment. Um, I think, you need to know that your teammates have your back and just because you're a different color than them, you know, they're going to be there to support you. I think that's what really makes a cohesive unit, um, not just in hockey, but in any sport. So I think that's really, uh, that's going to be, you know, the kind of changes in the athletic environment that we need to start seeing. Is there uh, a lot more to be done at Western in particular and in the OUA and new sports to fight racism in sports like hockey that are, predominantly white as well as all other sports? You know what, in my experience, I haven't had any issues um, in terms of, you know, starting with OUA hockey. No, I've never had any problems. Um, I think Cordell and I agree would agree that, you know, our yeah. teammates are very good. Um, our coach is very good. Our dressing room, our team atmosphere is, is good. We've never had any issues with that um, in terms of, varsity athletics um i'm not sure what it would be like in other sports um you know you look at football basketball um have a lot of you know black players on their team and i think that's those are all great those are all inclusive environments and you know hockey is one of those ones where because it's still perceived as a white person sport that's maybe where you would see a lot more of uh of these issues but uh, we haven't had any of those issues thus far um, even looking out at to other teams, I've never had anyone, uh, you know, say anything. And I think by this point, almost everyone in their career has uh, played with a, a black player. And so they understand what it's like to be in that environment and how they should be treated and so on. So, you know, it's been nice that I haven't had to deal with those issues since I've been at Western. Um, so I, I definitely haven't faced that. I think they're doing a good job. And the big thing is just maybe if these issues do arise in the future that, you know, we do see some uh, punishable action kind of taken, uh, undertook just so whether it be in a game, you know, calling the penalty or getting kicked out of a game for making a racist comment and being suspended. I think those are the actions that would be, uh, that we'd be looking for Um, similar to kind of addressing some of the, you know, homophobic comments as well. I think that's, that's, it's gotta be treated the same way there. They're discriminatory comments and, we don't need that in the game. There's no room for that in any game. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with Theo too. I, I so far being at Western and, and being on the hockey team, it, it's been great, and all the guys have been great. That I've never really had a problem with, um, 
anything of uh like being black or any of that so um and the coaches have been great so um it's it's been good I, I think the only thing moving forward would just be maybe having the western sport help us give back uh to the black community like maybe having a a black lives matter night or something like that just to help um uh address the issue Now, uh, just last question. Have you guys been uh, participating in any of the uh, the protests in your uh, local cities or towns? Uh, I haven't been able to. Oh, you go, Theo. You go. I was going to say, no, I haven't been able to. I've been busy with work and I'm doing summer programs this summer. So, unfortunately, I've had my hands full and I missed the, uh, the Oakville protest on Thursday. Um, missed the Burlington as well. So, some of the area, the ones in the area, I've unfortunately already missed. Um, I think that's kind of why Cornell and I were looking for another way to take action. Um, you know, we may not have been able to demonstrate our support through, uh, you know, through the protests, but um, we want to find another way to make more sustainable change in our community. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can give you some more information on that shortly. Yeah, I haven't been able to get out to those protests either. I've, I've been working Monday to Friday, so it's hard to get out to them on there during the day, but, uh, yeah, me and Theo, we want to we want to be able to give back. Um, so we're we're trying to come up with something right now, and um, I think the biggest thing moving forward is that this doesn't end like this week or next week. Like all the Instagram posts are done, I, we have to keep moving forward with with the movement and and help to make change. So um, I, I think if we can do that it, in the coming months and years, it, it it will get better. But we have to keep making change. It's been great to see some of the outcomes of this. And I think, once again, I think that's why I'm optimistic that we actually will see some change. Um, you know, it's going to be prolonged, a long, drawn out process. But, you know, that's the reality. If we're going to try and change everyone's kind of preconceived notions about uh, towards black people, then it's, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a week. It's going to take some time. And that's what we're willing to invest in. We're willing to invest in, you know, uh, sustainable change that's going to benefit not only us but you know our next generation so that's uh that's pretty much it for me do you guys have anything to kind of add uh not really i, I just want to say thanks to like all those nhl guys that are speaking out right now especially guys like evander kane he's been very vocal um uh in, in this movement uh, for the past year at least he's been very vocal about it I'm um, saying that there needs to be change and guys like JT Brown. So thanks to those guys for um, speaking out um, and, and wanting to make change for the younger black players that want to try and move forward in the sport. Exactly. Yeah. <clears throat> Same thing here. Just, you know, thank you for those who are of the professional ranks that are sharing their stories that have more exposure to just, uh, you know, a larger following and really just kind of sticking their necks out and being the ones to really uh, promote change because, you know, there's some of us that have dealt with similar issues and, and unfortunately, you know, we don't have a big enough voice to be heard, but these are the ones that are, you know, stepping out there making change and I hope that really works out for the best. Got a sleepless night, ayy, lot of sleepless nights I've been on my ground for a minute, when your time has no limit, you gon' shine Lot of sleepless nights 
Hey, sports fans. Hope you learned a little something from that episode. Remember to follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. You can connect with me on LinkedIn. And subscribe to my YouTube channel for more content and news in your sports world. Thanks for listening and see you soon.